This is the Property Development Book Club podcast. Please be advised that the views expressed are of the individuals and do not represent their employers and should not be taken as advice. Please do your own research and seek advice from an appointed professional. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Property Development Book Club podcast. On today's episode, we're joined by guests Justin Owens, Viola Owino and Odiri Itoje. We're going to be discussing new build developments and getting the pros and cons from the viewpoints of different stakeholders. So to get started, um, Adiri, you've recently bought a new build property. Um, I'd be interested to hear about your experience. um, What kind of led you to buying that new build property? So I'm surprised I ended (laughs) up with a new build. I was not looking for a new build. I was always against new builds. I really liked the help to buy. I didn't like the help to buy scheme, but it was an option that was good for young owners that are trying to get on the property ladder. But I've, as a building surveyor, I've seen so many new builds. I've seen the issues with new builds and I wanted nothing to do with it. I was after traditional brick and mortar property and it just wasn't working for me. So I had a long process of trying and visiting and viewing like over 20, 30 properties. And the last one I viewed was this new build, but it was a converted new build. Okay. So it was built in 1911 and then refurbished in or renovated in 2019. So it's like four or five in warehouse style properties, um, grade two listed building, beautiful building. So I was sold. Mm-hmm. So it was a two bedroom flat, high ceilings, exposed brickwork. Lovely. I'm happy I got it, but I was never looking for one because of the, because of what I've seen in the industry. So what kind of issues have you seen in the industry that kind of deterred you at first? The main one was how quickly they go up, was one of my, what's happening here? <laughs> um, the materials um, from the cladding to the internal finishes, if, even if you look away from the construction, even down to the internal finishes of the new build properties are very aesthetic, very, very pretty. But then against the price, I was like... It's not, it's not. This isn't it. The math ain't math is. It's not. <laughs> I was like, this isn't it. They're just, it's just inflated, but it yeah. looks pretty, mm-hmm. it looks nice. And I also found them very small. The one I've got is big. I just was blessed, but I found them tiny. Mm. Your second room is not a second room. No. It's a box. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's call it what it is. But saying that, I'm really happy that I've got this property. Yeah. I think often um, people who are purchasing, you know, you're quite fortunate that you're in the property yeah. industry. So you're able to kind of pick out these issues ahead of time um, and you knew what you wanted. Um, for those listening who are considering new build properties, um, bear in mind that, you know, developers are trying to build, trying to make, you know, f- and for it, to make financial sense, um, they're building to you know minimum standards to a, to a certain degree, um, and so on that point, Justin, <laughs> our resident, our resident, <laughs> our resident developer, um, just, you know, uh, Deary's kind of just mentioned some issues that she had with new build properties, although she's ended up buying one. Um, how? What's your experience been like actually um, delivering uh, new build properties, and and what's your kind of approach to the developments that you do? I think as a, um, a small to medium uh, sized developer, we have to be a bit more on the ball and we have to um, be a bit more particular, I guess, in the product that we're delivering because we don't have the um, PR machines like a big house builder might have. Um, it's us, it's our brand, it's our legacy. Um, 
for us uh, in specific, we're a family-owned business. I'm second-generation developer. Um, so it's important. People talk to me. They meet me. It's not, I don't mm. palm it off onto a customer service operator who just um, then has to deal with the problems. Um, it will be me that will head that up as much as anything else. Does that make it quite difficult in terms of, you know, you are the person that that particular customer might call, you know, if there's a broken tap? Justin, um, <laughs> or like I, I think there's uh, so we we obviously have an infrastructure in place to deal with any issues as they come about. But I think it's important, you know, buying a house is the most expensive thing you're ever going to do in your life, and so you have a responsibility to deliver what is expected at that price point. Um, and I think it's very easy, particularly when you get into the bigger house builders that are very financially driven mm. and treat the house building industry a bit like an accountancy business yes. where it's just spreadsheets. There's no accountability necessarily in terms of problems or design or making these homes. We're, we're building homes, we're yeah. not building houses. And I think that's really important to keep that in the back of your mind when you're in this business. Yeah. So um, Viola, you are actually a property manager. So you manage these new build schemes. So once sort of Justin has done uh, his sort of part of the work, delivering it, it gets handed over to yourself as a property manager. Um, what has been your experience in managing new build properties? Are there any kind of, you know, are you managing some of the issues that Odiri <laughs> was mentioning? Like how Actually, I am. Yeah. Um, so I think there's different type of defects and snagging issues that you will get depending on which developer has actually built your property. And like she said, if you get this sort of new built, purpose built, um, you would get different type of issues comparing to converted buildings. I think if there's one thing I'd uh, probably recommend to most people who are looking to buy new builds is just firstly, just read your conveyancing material. Just make sure you've read the details because in most conveyancing details, it tells you how how your building was built, what was there before, what it's made up made up of. And from a property manager perspective, just read your service charge details. When it says up to 2000, it doesn't mean up to 2000 exactly because after the first year, it's now out of defect and warranty period. So you just need to keep that in mind that when you're doing your conveyancing um, packages, just keep that in mind that your service charges after the first year are always likely to increase because you've gone through that warranty period. And with snagging issues, I think, um, a little bit different from what he just said. I, f I feel um, with the developers I've worked with, I find that they look up their reputation a bit more in the industry. So um, I think most of the clients that I have worked with, they've been able to take care of the snagging issues. Um, considering their reputation, they look at the snagging issues a bit more seriously. Um, so they don't just disappear. Like their properties are managed now, they were still dealing with defects. So latent defects, um, 12 years down the line, 15 years down the line. So if you go for bigger developers, then you do get that level of security, knowing that they're not looking to just build your property and run away. So they kind of protect you in a long-term perspective, knowing that, okay, six years down the line, if they decide the cladding is no longer correct, then people who are big in the, in the industry, they'll be able to fix that cladding again. Whereas you get developers who, after Grenfell, they kind of rain away because obviously mm. in their time, they knew it was the right cladding and now mm. it's not the right cladding and now they don't care. But the, you will see that the bigger develop, developers, they stepped up and they said, you know what, we'll remediate your cladding for you until the government decides. Mm -hmm. So just keep that in mind. Um, but like you said, there's pros and cons. Um, it's your home, it's your investment. So find somewhere that you love to be in. 
but their logical elements is read your conveyancing package. Yeah. People don't read the <laughs> conveyancing document. They don't. <laughs> people don't read it because I understand everyone is very excited to get yeah. your new property, but just read it. There's information in there that you need to go back and forth with your conveyancer to just make sure property managers like myself who complete those conveyancing have given you adequate information. I think for yeah. some people, they particularly if you're not a property professional, yeah. a lot of this information that's included in the conveyancing kind of uh, process is a, it's quite heavy material. It's yeah. a lot to kind of go through. Um, just on your snagging and defects, um, for those listening that might not understand that terminology, are you able to just quickly explain snagging, yeah. defects, um, and how you know the difference? And maybe you can step in here in terms of latent. All of us can step in. Um, yeah, latent defects, um, inherent defects, and yeah, just you know maybe give yeah give the sort of generic meaning um, and so how people can kind of spot it and and contact their developer to remediate some of these issues. So usually, like I said, uh, once you've already completed your conveyancing package, there's usually a welcome package if you're lucky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and in that welcome package, there'll be lo lovely information about who you should contact. It can be customer care, or it'll be more personalised, like lovely developers. Contact Justin <laughs> Owens. <laughs> Personal <laughs> number. <laughs> but for most of the developers that I've worked with, it will be a customer care. And um, just after you've done your completion, there's a period of time in which most of the suppliers or manufacturers, they can still allow the developers to go back and be able to kind of... Um, do the repairs or replace your items down to your fridge, down to your doorknob, literally to down to the mo most intricate functioning within your apartment. But you need to obviously maximise and optimise that period because once it's past that period, then you can't really claim it under the warranty. So it will be a, something that you would need to repair by yourself. So when you first go into your apartment, literally go around, have a look, start looking. Um, is this the right type of window? Is my extractor working okay? Is my heater working okay? And if you pinpoint something that you're not quite sure that it's working properly, get it reported and then that will be covered during the snagging. That is that 12-month period. So some developers have it up to, up to two. But by law, I think it's meant to be a one year. But then you do get bigger developers who have it until two. Um, yeah. They can stretch it for you until two years. But once you get into your flat, the first thing you need to do is just have a look down to your switches, just down to the finishings, down to your skirting, skirting, but like just look at everything basically. <laughs> and if you, if you see something that you feel is slightly out of place, even if you're not sure, just raise that query. Just get someone to come and have a look. It's free. Mm. So you might as well get that sorted. And I think um, often with uh, particularly large regeneration projects yeah. with, like I work on, the developer's there for like 10 years, yeah. you know, so, you know, a year worth of reporting snagging is, is nothing really. Usually nothing. there's people on site. Yeah. Um, so usually if we've got customer a customer contacting customer care to They'll say, that, yeah, yeah, you know, it just goes straight to site. Someone sent, you know, send someone out. So it's, it is as easy as that. So you're not necessarily burdening yeah. anyone. Don't see it as a burden. Like this is your investment. Like you said, yeah. you know, you spent a lot of money on this. Yeah, make sure that you're uh, getting the most out of it and maximising it. Absolutely. So Diri, with yours, you bought a converted property and it, com it was converted back in 2019. So presumably yeah. you have no sort of snagging or, de or defects benefits or like what's your, is your developer still around in the picture? Yes, you know in saying them? that, my developer's a smaller developer. Mm. So I'm on your side. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on your side because they are easier to contact. Yeah. So, uh, what was it on mine? The film yeah, that was the wrong way around on my window. I can call them and I can easier. directly call my developer yeah. and 
he'll be there if you like the next day so I do find that and I do find buying a block that has I think I've got four or five flats in mine I advise <laughs> if you're going to do a neighborhood if you can get the smaller flats I just think yeah. they're easier when you've got the high-rises that I've got 150 flats Plants, there's a you've got too centers. many services I don't have a lift in mine um, I don't have any of the, the major m &E, the mechanical engineering issues. So that's what I found with new builds. If I have that, it's fine. It feels like I'm in a very intimate little block, mm -hmm. whereas I don't have to be another waiting number. There's mm -hmm. 150 people, you're not coming to me first. No. Whoever's shouting the most, you're going it's to. One, yeah. This one is gentle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot smaller. <laughs> but um, mentioning defects, you've got the latent defects and the... Just general defects. Patent. There you go. One. And the latent one is after, yes, it's after <laughs> the 12 months period. So I don't think people know that even in the new builds, you have a 12 month period where you can do all these things and then they think that it's done after that. It's not, unless it's, if it's more than a snagging item. So you have latent, which is there even after it's been built. What, what yeah. way around is it? So let's say So one of them is it happens in the twelve months. Yeah. yeah. Then the other one is that even after yeah. that, like significant. Yeah. So let's say cracking. You have yeah, like um, settlement cracks. So you might yeah. have minor hairline cracking around architraves or windows. That's minor. Then you have significant cracking. So there's a gauge, um, like a millimeter gauge, it's not good, too technical, <laughs> but there's like a millimeter <laughs> gauge, yeah. So you have a significant crack, or let's say you have a stepped crack, which highlights that it's a structural it defect, should, yeah. and there might be something relating to the foundation, something mm -hmm. like that. You can still raise that after your 12 months, yeah. because that's just beyond your light being the wrong way, yeah, or your yeah, switches. Yeah. That's a structural problem that can still be raised. And I think most people come in, and 12 months will go very, very quickly Crazy, as well. Yeah. You're just excited to be there. Yeah. You don't notice that this has yeah. happened, because you're just, I'm in my new place, and I saved all my money to get yeah. here. But just know that, the liability doesn't end there. If there's something wrong with the building as a whole, yeah. that's significant, then you're still covered for that and you should right. still raise that. But in saying that, your new build should have a property manager like Viola who will do regular site visits, etc. Um, be keeping records of what the building condition is and there should yeah. be general maintenance. If you're paying service charge, should there be. should be a maintenance plan in place. Yeah. So just remember that you're, it doesn't end at 12 months. If you spot something, as Viola said, raise it. Yeah. Hi, my name is Adiria Toje. Welcome to the Property Development Book Club podcast. Don't forget to like, share and subscribe. Hi, I'm Viola and you're listening to the Property Development Book Club podcast. Please remember to like, share and subscribe. Hi, I'm Justin Owens and you're listening to the Property Development Book Club podcast. Please remember to like, share and subscribe. Hi, I'm Faith Lochkin, founder and CEO of We Rise In. We are a business whose mission is to inspire, elevate and develop the careers of mid to senior level black professionals. We're keen to connect with individuals who identify as black professionals so we can support you in getting to levels of seniority within your career. And we're also keen to speak to corporate companies who are looking to uh, better and improve their diversity, equity and inclusion agenda via our workshops um, and programmes. We're a proud sponsor of the second half of season two of the Property Development Book Club podcast. I, I can't remember which way round it is, but one of the defects is like a defect that, you know, nobody could control. Let's say if, so yes, it was like yeah, a defect yeah. on the manufacturing side of things, like all of the kind of these pieces of material were yeah. defective from the time that they were made. Yeah, you yeah. couldn't um, have been able to 
preempt that yes. it was going to yes, be an yes, issue. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Maybe we'll need to put the de- definition. Yes. <laughs> I'm sure that's the latent one because yeah, latent is after. Yes. Yeah. yes, yes, yes. Because yes. once you've moved in, um, I've got properties where they didn't have expansion vessels. You know, they didn't have, I don't know if you know what a expansion vessel is, but uh, it allows, allows the detail. building to kind of move to a degree. Um, they didn't they didn't have the most basic things, but they didn't realise it because mm-hmm. once you've already done the building and already handed it over, they just didn't realise they were missing such essential elements. Mm-hmm. But then, like you said, it's latent defect. Then you just go into NHBC and see yeah, if you can yeah. get the insurance for the structural warranty there for that 10 years. So you're always, I think you're more covered when it comes to new build because you've got this insurance and warranties. And like I said, that NHBC that covers you for that first 10 years for structural defects. So you've got that coverage. Um, so if you're build. so essentially what you're saying is if you're someone who is, um, you know, confident enough to complain and, you know, and, you know, raise, you know, speak or shout the loudest, as Adiria is saying, <laughs> maybe a new build is, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Maybe a new build is the way to go. Yeah. Um, Justin, so you've been building, you know, you've been 10 years and then prior to that, you know, you're second generation developer. How have you seen the development industry change um, in terms of what you're delivering now versus maybe you know, what the generation before you sure. delivered? Um, certainly, I think quality standards overall have improved. Um, certainly, energy uh, performance has massively improved <laughs> over the years. Um, but it's it's become a more competitive marketplace in terms of who's there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's been better focus on kind of design, materials, finishes, um, rather than just building kind of very plain boxy houses, we are now seeing developers, big and small, sort of taking further steps to try and make their product stand out, I guess, and give something that is a bit more interesting as a home mm-hmm. rather than just a complete blank canvas, um, which someone then has to kind of try and make their own. Um, I mean, I, I certainly remember being on the other side of it, going and looking at flats being sold by a national house builder. It didn't even have flooring included with it. And that's, that was kind of their general um, way of selling. And it, it absolutely baffled me. And it was kind of sold to me as you could have a, as an extra some flooring if you want. Um, <laughs> which I thought was a, is an incredible, uh, incredible thing to try and put to someone who's yeah. spending hundreds of thousands of pounds on a property. Um, but so I think that there definitely has been a shift and, and the bar has raised um, over the last kind of 10 years, certainly. Mm. I'm just wondering, thinking about that, you know, flooring not being in, mm-hmm. what the benefits are of buying new build off plan or like not maybe not off plan, but like as soon as it's launched and maybe getting the opportunity to sort of make changes on some of those finish, to last minute finishes. Um, I don't know if anyone has experience with that, but. Yeah. I mean, you can make those last minute changes, but like I said, I think it, de- it depends on the developer. Um, so, and also depends on the customer, because I think I've worked with a few high end customers where they've bought four of those penthouses, so they've bought the entire floor. So if they need anything to be changed, the then developer, the developer, will, developer will step in <laughs> and actually do yeah. the changes. And um, because they're then a customer that, you know, the developer knows that has bought another building, yeah. five flats. So I think that kind of shifts that so you would have those services provided for you. You can say, okay, no, actually I want the wall to just be changed now, do a bit of altering of this part, developer will do that for you. But when it comes to just you, just general person, you've bought your first flat, and they didn't put the flooring in. <laughs> <laughs> you now have to put the floor. Um, if the building regulations does not require it to be a mandatory element to be in the building, mm-hmm. 
then unfortunately you don't, you don't really, really have any legal basis yeah. to say this should have been done. Um, so, and again, to your point earlier, I yeah. think about reading that conveyance back. Read the conveyance back. I read hers. I had to read hers for her because I write this conveyancing, so I know what I divulge and I know what I don't really say out there. So just remember that because agents are protecting the developers. So just make sure you ask all these questions. Once you've asked the question, I can't say uh, I'm not going to answer it. I have to answer the question. Mm -hmm. If you ask me for your fire risk assessment, even though I didn't easily give that to you, now that you've asked me that question, I have to send yeah. it to you. Yeah. I have no legal basis to withhold that information from you. So you're, you're better off spending a few more pounds speaking to your conveyancer, getting the information yeah. that you require. Because often it's it's more about what's not in that suite of documents versus what's in it. How it's worded. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly that. Yeah. Wordplay. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've had experience when I yeah. bought at auction or w went in to buy auction and they kind of give you the, the legal pack yeah. and you're looking in there and there's like two documents. You're thinking this should be a lot more. Um, so then being able to actually know what to ask for yeah. is, is quite empowering as well. And there are, there are places that you can go to as a leaseholder, even as a freeholder. There's leasehold advisory um, schemes that you can actually go to online that are specifically there for leaseholders to give you enough information. So there are all these free places that you can actually go to find this information. There are different bodies that you can actually go to that will give you this information for free. Um, so just have a look um, from a freehold perspective and a leasehold perspective. You can get this information for free. I think it's really important to yeah. make sure you have a good legal representative. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because cheapest isn't always best. Yeah. And that extra two, three hundred pounds that you might have to spend much, yeah. is the difference between a headache and yeah. a lot of problems or actually getting what you think you're going to get. Yeah. And, you know, you don't need to be shy. You can you can ask them as many questions Question as you want. You That's what they're yeah. there for. Yeah. Um, so it's really important to lean on them if you if you don't have that confidence to understand that information. Just yeah. lean on them and ask those questions. That's their job is to protect you, to represent you and Absolutely. make sure that you're covered. So um, always, always ask questions. Yeah, make sure you understand your lease. They need to go through that yeah. review. Yeah, your deed yeah. of covenant, just the simple things that for you both. Like. Simple things. Yeah. <laughs> 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 read them. <laughs> come to me, I'll help you. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, I mean, finally, any, any kind of lessons learned from each of your kind of different stakeholder perspectives that you'd want the audience or people listening to kind of take away, um, whether it's, you know, you, you speaking to other developers about, you know, things that you've learned and what the, your end customers prefer, or if it's, you know, you as a purchaser, what would you want to tell um, <laughs> some developers um, and yourself as a, as a manager? You, you guys know what I'm going to say. <laughs> Go for it. Just read the conveyance <laughs> package. Read it and don't be afraid to ask the questions. Don't be afraid to ask for fire risk assessment. Don't be afraid to ask for all this information that you might not even be able to understand when you're reading it. But just ask the questions. Um, don't be afraid to actually just go and site and view the building itself as many times as, many times as you can. Um, and yeah. Is there we, anything we you'd to say you. to the developer? Because you're obviously having to manage a lot of these buildings. <laughs> <laughs> Don't oh, look yeah. to your left side, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I like, like to make your <laughs> life easier in managing their buildings. I think just make information freely available. During completion times, we want to get the completion certificates, get the completion statements completed. Well, in and so that we can get the handover done. But you do get most developers where, especially when it's part 
completed when they're building there's half of it there's still construction and half of it has been completed and it just it gets so complex because you can't manage it so if there's a way developers can just just complete the entire building yeah. first before you <laughs> hand it over that would be good we'll just get information to be readily available as agents i think we really struggle to get that information trickled in from the developers and because we need to know that the building has been built by design mm. so i need those um O&M's operation manuals, I need those to be able to actually run my day-to-day -day mm -hmm. operations. So without knowing the specifications of how something has been built, I can't then put a maintenance plan in place. So just get the information <laughs> ready. <laughs> 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 Sorry, I feel like Justin's been targeted here. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. But, yeah, that, that's all I've got. Just read your conveyancing packages. And if you can't understand them, go into um, leasehold advisory schemes. There are a few of them. If you Google them, you'll see them. They will help you um, sort of know these simple questions. There's little Q&A sessions that you can have, yeah. How about yourself, Justin? I think the learn for us is, um, you know, you really have to interrogate fixtures and fittings, everything from a door handle through to a kitchen unit to toilet flush, all of these things, because they're typically the things that become problematic mm -hmm. over time and the quality can vary hugely. Um, so it's really important not to be kind of too price driven on these types of items because it will come back to haunt you and it obviously reflects on your brand, you as a, as a developer. So um, you know, now we're sort of very, very um, strict in terms of interrogating these items to try and make sure that we don't get repercussions later on down the line. Um, and I think it's just, having a personable customer service, you know, yeah. giving people reassurance that you're there, you're not going to run away, you've not just taken their money and forgotten about it. If there are problems, which unfortunately sometimes there are, building is not straightforward, simple, you know, it's very complex, particularly with the new regulations we're now trying to meet and deal with, that they've not been tried and tested. So there's, there's implications of that, perhaps with the fabric of the building. So, um, you know, I think people understand that sort of point, if you've, if you've got that reassurance that the developer is there and he's not shying away from it, then I think that helps and goes a long way towards making someone feeling like they've still bought a nice house or a nice home themselves. Mm. Thank you. Um, I would say to those buying, don't shy away from new builds like I did. Um, <laughs> have a look at converted buildings. Um, I got a grade two listed building. I was never searching for that. It just so happened. But have a look around your area, see what developers are um, converting as opposed to starting from scratch. I think that's a start. Um, and also know that when it comes to new builds, the reason why there is a fear is because they are new. Mm -hmm. And if something is new, it hasn't been dealt with yet. So the reason why we're safe with the traditional buildings, they've been there since over hundreds of years. So we know how to deal with timber defects. We know how to deal with pitched roofs and slates and all that type of stuff. But the newer buildings, once you create something new, it hasn't yet gone through the process of failure. So sometimes you have to be patient. Mm. You just have to be patient, but don't shy away from it like me. I'm very happy with what I got. Um, I would say to developers, the bigger developers have the personal touch. Yeah. If it's, this is our biggest investment, um, remember that. For them it is just a tick tick, but for us it's not a tick tick. You don't just wake up one day and decide to buy five houses in this. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's, it's very difficult. So I think um, the bigger ones should learn from the smaller guys. Have a touch. Remember that you are building homes, as you said. You're building homes, not houses. Somebody's going to live here for years. Mm -hmm. Whether they decide to live in it or it's an investment, this is their baby. It's, it's their is. first one especially. Especially the new builds, it's your first. 
it's for the first time buyers, etc. It's your first home, so make sure that developers remember that this isn't just a way, mm. they've saved for years mm. to get here. Um, I would say remember that and now the property managers. <laughs> oh gosh, <laughs> here we go. <clears throat> I would say to the property managers, also remember that it's their home. And I know, we know you have thousands of emails a day, hundreds, thousands of emails a day. And the one person from the new build that doesn't seem urgent to you is not urgent to them. To it's, not it's not top priority to you, but to them. And there's only so much you can do. But also remember, do as much as you can, of course, take it easy, you know, don't, don't hurt yourself in the process. But remember that we're dealing with our, with our home that we've saved for however many years to get there. And we just want communication, regular communication, regular updates. We shouldn't be having to wait for weeks on ends for um, an issue to be fixed. Because I found a lot of that, as a surveyor, a lot of that with new builds is, I've been waiting for this for six months. Nothing's happened yet, it's getting worse. Something that started off as a lead flashing or whatever it was that's failed, because it's taken so long, there's more damage internally. So we know you go through a lot, but also try to act good customer. <laughs> um, and yeah, on that note, I <laughs> uh, just want to say thank you to all of you guys for coming. I think this is thank a conversation yeah. that is needed and maybe isn't often sort of talked about or discussed. So I'm really glad that you were able to be here to give some really great advice. Um, and yeah, me as a development manager, I'll definitely be taking away <laughs> a lot of the tips um, uh, and advice that I've got from this session. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much for watching this episode of the Property Development Book Club podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Don't forget to like, share and subscribe. This is the Property Development Book Club podcast. Please be advised that the views expressed are of the individuals and do not represent their employers and should not be taken as advice. Please do your own research and seek advice from an appointed professional.